Welcome to the Work Camper Show, a podcast devoted to helping you discover how to finance your RV travel dreams. I'm Steve Anderson, the president of Work Camper News. Each one of our episodes will either introduce you to people who are already living the RV lifestyle or to opportunities to work short-term jobs. You'll also learn how to hit the road the right way and make the most of every opportunity. Now let's turn over today's show to your host, Greg Gerber. Thank you, Steve. Today I'll be speaking with a work camper who actually hires other work campers to help detect natural gas leaks for utility companies throughout America. If you're just exploring the RV lifestyle and work camping options, consider enrolling in The Dreamer's Journey. It's a new online course produced by Work Camper News. Life is way too short to keep your dreams on hold, so don't be held back by fear because you were designed for more. Get started in the RV lifestyle the right way with this comprehensive guide. For just $29.95 for one year of access, Dreamers have unlimited viewing of 50 plus videos to learn things like what type of RV to buy, goal setting, how to budget for the adventure, developing a positive mindset, setting up a domicile, operating a small business on the road, plus all about work camping and how to find the right job for you. Each video is 30 to 90 minutes long, giving in-depth coverage on each topic. There's no wrong time to get started, so for more information, visit www.rvdreamersjourney.com. Christina Joyner and her husband have been work campers for Southern Cross for several years, conducting surveys of underground natural gas lines in communities across the country. The company just celebrated its 75th anniversary. Utility companies hire Southern Cross to help monitor the condition of underground pipes by using sensitive sniffer equipment to detect any natural gas seeping up through the ground. Work campers walk above the gas lines and record their findings, which utility companies use to immediately dispatch crews for potentially major leaks or to schedule routine maintenance. Work campers are hired from primarily March to October for projects ranging from a few days to several months. The job is one of the most lucrative work camping positions on the market and the firm hires singles and couples. Southern Cross pays a starting hourly wage of $15 per hour with a 50 cent raise within 60 days and another 50 cent raise at 180 days. Work campers receive a $300 weekly per diem fee to help cover RV park expenses as well as $120 for every 300 miles they travel. When moving their RVs to a new area, Work campers receive 83 cents per mile, and when using private vehicles for local travel to various neighborhoods, they receive 58 cents per mile. Most jobs require 40 hours per week with weekends off. Shifts vary from 7 a.m. to 3.30 p.m., five days a week, to four 10-hour shifts Monday through Thursday. The job does require a lot of walking, about 3 to 10 miles per day, and work campers do have to carry a rather bulky leak detection tool with them as they walk along roads or onto private property. Some jobs also require work campers to evaluate gas meters in use at homes and businesses. The couple, who have been full-time RVing since 2017, have six children and eight grandchildren scattered in various locations, so the job allows them to make giant loops to connect with them all. The joiners live in a specially modified fifth wheel, and Christina describes some of the changes they made to enhance their travel experience. To tell us more about this work camping opportunity and their own travel experiences, please welcome Christina Joyner with Southern Cross to the show. 
Thanks for coming on the show today, Christine. I really appreciate it. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. My husband and I are both full-time RVers ourselves. Uh, We started out with Southern Cross surveying, and we have moved into other roles at Southern Cross, but we do both work remotely for them. Um, And we really, really enjoy working for Southern Cross. We're still in that same line of business with leak survey and traditional inspection survey. So it's been a it's been a great move for us. We have grandchildren and children spread all over. And so we travel uh, kind of a big loop usually around the United States, going back and forth between the East Coast and now uh, our latest um, landing spot for a month or two a year is out in Arizona where our daughter and son-in-law live. So we just travel around and enjoy life. Super. I'm about to start a circuit myself. I leave next week to head back to Texas and then up to Wisconsin to see my kids and grandkids. So it's neat for you to have an RV to be able to do that. How long have you been RVing? We've had an RV for probably over 20, 25 years. We just, we went full-time in 2017 when our last, our last little chickie left the nest. And so we sold our house and been full-time ever since. What type of RV did you select? We have a fifth wheel. Okay, cool. Did you do any modifications to it to enable you to run (laughs) this job? We did. We did extensive modifications. Um, We what my husband likes to call Instagrammed and (laughs) Pinterest it up. We uh, took most of what was inside out and, and did a pretty major overhaul. So, but we thought this is our home and we want it to be attractive and work for us. And so all that work has paid off. We really enjoy it. What kind of modifications did you do that improved your lifestyle? we, We took out lots and lots of cabinets um, that I didn't use. Uh, a lot of the overhead cabinets, you know, in a fifth wheel, there's always really big cabinets, but they're up way up at the top. I couldn't reach them. So I didn't use them. Uh, and I didn't like the hassle of constantly having to climb up and down a footstool. So we took out lots of cabinets. We painted everything white. Uh, we replaced the flooring with some nice luxury vinyl tile Um, to get rid of all the carpet. There wasn't too much carpet, but there was some. We just got rid of all of it, all the old flooring as well. And uh, we did a pretty big modification on the kitchen part. We put in a little apartment stove and reworked the kitchen island to hold a big sink. Lots of of wallpaper um, and, and paint and some new furniture, of course. That's neat. How many kids did you say you had? We have six. Six children. Well, that should keep you busy. <laughs> it does keep us busy. We have eight, eight grandchildren. Oh, my. Do you have to hold up a 7-Eleven then every Thanksgiving so you have enough money for Christmas gifts? <laughs> it feels like it sometimes. That's neat. So what do you do for Southern Cross? Southern Cross has been around for about 75 years, a little over 75 years. Last year was our 75th, and we have a program inside of Southern Cross for people who live in RVs and travel. Um, It's called, we call it the Traveler Program. We've had that program for about at least 30 years, a little more than that, I think. And we have contracts with utility companies. So 
sometimes they're long, long term in a big area, big cities, and we have three to five year contracts there, some even longer. And so we hire permanent managers and local people to work for us. But a lot of times we have seasonal projects that just go March to October. We have very small, very short projects, uh, especially in the Carolinas and Tennessee. We have some projects that just take one or two people a couple of months. And so, of course, we don't hire local people for that and go through all of that. And so we have travelers who go to those seasonal projects and those small projects. They're kind of the face of Southern Cross, especially at the smaller ones where there's no management on site. And they work those projects. Some people work for us year round, some people just for the season. But my job, and I love my job, I have a great job, is to coordinate and hire those people the travelers. And so I do all the recruiting and interviewing and hiring. And then I coordinate with all of our staff to make sure that they have the staffing they need um, and coordinate the movement around the country of all our travelers. That's very cool. What kind of jobs are the work campers performing for Southern Cross? Traditionally, our work campers only have ever done leak survey. Uh, which is just carrying a sniffer. Now, of course, your maps are mostly electronic. We used to have paper maps, but now they're pretty much electronic on a tablet or something. They walk over the gas lines, uh, just over the mains. They would walk up to a house, survey the meter with the sniffer. And what we're doing is looking for leaks. Once we find a leak, we grade it according to the severity and report it to the gas company. And then they come out and fix it. Sometimes um, here lately, we have had a couple of opportunities for work campers as well uh, to work in our meter business line, replacing uh, chips in electric meters and things like that. So we are really working hard to expand our work camper force so that they can we can cross train everyone in some of our different business lines. Now, this isn't a real dangerous job for a work camper, right? You're talking about detecting gas leaks, and some people might get a little freaked out about that. But it's not really like gas spewing from a pipe that you're looking for, right? No, that's not typical. We will occasionally find a leak that that we can hear or smell, but it's almost uh, as far as I know, it's always ever been outside. We don't go inside buildings. We don't go inside houses or anything like that ever. So we're always out in the outdoors and it would be, I can't even imagine a circumstance where it would be dangerous for you to be walking around even with a a pretty severe leak because it's gonna dissipate in the air. Our job is just to let that sniffer do its job and find the leak and get the gas company out there to fix it. Right. Because it's a gas, it's going to just sort of rise to the surface through the, the ground, etc. And the sniffer detects this. It says, oh, I'm detecting gas here that probably shouldn't be here. Exactly. It, it's very, very sensitive down to parts per million. Oh, my. So, yes, yes. It finds even the tiniest leaks. And most of them, the vast majority are very, very small leaks. Okay, but a small leak can become a big leak, and so the utility companies want to know where they're located so they can monitor those and get in there and fix it 
before it becomes yes. a real problem. Very cool. So now do the work campers work on all types of weather? I mean, are they out there with their sniffer when it's pouring down rain? We don't work in the rain. Um, we do work in all kinds of weather, not dangerous weather. We rarely work anywhere. Once it gets too cold or snowy, once there's frost or ice, we don't work in that because we can't, our snip, the gas can't rise up through the, through the frost oh. or the ice on the ground. So we are somewhat limited in that way. Uh, we do work in all, pretty much all other weather, unless it's, like I said, we just don't work in the rain. Our equipment can't, can't be out there in the rain and we don't need to be out there in the rain at that point. <laughs> so other than freezing cold and snow, we don't, we do work outside all the time. Okay. Is there any special skills that people need to become a work camper in this kind of job? Um, there's no special skills, just some basic, I think, competencies. So because so much of our work reporting and documentation is electronic, it helps if you're passingly familiar with just basics. If you can operate a smartphone, uh, you can you can do this job. If you you do have to have a level of fitness, you're going to walk somewhere between three and ten miles a day, mostly down in the three mile a day area. Um, so you need to be uh, fairly fit and able to walk. It's uh, the equipment's not heavy. Some of it uh, it's a little bulky. It's a little you have to get used to kind of carrying this equipment and your tablet kind of all at the same time, but um, that's the, that's the main, well, I wouldn't call it skills, but that's the main qualifications. Okay. Now, are you following typically roads and streets and things like that? Or you, I think you mentioned that you go into private property upon occasion. We do. We, we are in private property quite a bit. We follow the main, which is typically on the street. And then where the main tees off, and the service line runs up to the house, we're going to walk up that service line all the way to the meter and survey the meter. So that means uh, in a lot of most neighborhoods, I would say the meter is going to be in the backyard or up on the side of the house also. And so we do walk in the into people's yards up, you know, right up on the house into the backyard as well. Now, is the company telling people that you're arriving or do you just sort of show up? Unfortunately, most of our clients do not send out any type of notification. Some of them do, and it's a big help. Uh, so for the most part, no, they do not. Our, we are, of course, in our very bright caution yellow uniforms, and we have magnets and identifying um, signage on our trucks. Our, even our big, even our vests, our utility vests have our name. Um, also on them. So it's pretty obvious looking at us that we are utility workers. Fido mm -hmm. can't read though. So what do you do with dogs who might be out in the backyard? Southern Cross is very, very invested in the safety of our workers. We don't go into a yard with a dog in the backyard. We would knock on the door and ask the owner to put the dog away so that we could go ahead and do that quick safety check and survey of their meter. Um, if there's no one home, we mark it inaccessible and we come back later when someone is home. In some cases, if we still can't get in, then the gas company 
we would turn that over to the gas company, to our client, and they make arrangements and appointments to go out there and do the survey. That's neat. We never want to do anything unsafe. And if there's a dog or even signs of a dog in the backyard, uh, in a fence gate or whatever, we just don't go. We just don't go in. Fair enough. That's our policy. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. How many hours a week do work campers typically work? Oh, it's a great schedule. That's one of the things I really like about it. So we're, we all, we work Monday through Friday. No holiday. We do have paid holidays, but we don't work on holidays. We rarely work weekends, very, very rarely, because we can only work if the gas company is also working. Because if we find a serious leak, they have to have crews available to come out immediately to fix it. So if the gas company is not working, we don't work. And gas companies, their crews are going to be available Monday through Friday. We work 7 to 3.30, Monday through Friday, 40 hours a week. Some projects will have a 4.10 schedule where you work Monday through Thursday, 10-hour days. And that's a great one, too, because then you get your three-day weekend. So all of these are full-time jobs. They are. This yes. is one of the most lucrative work camping positions that uh, is offered through Work Camper News. So this is kind of cool. What's the compensation like for people? Um, I will be happy to go into that. We have, I believe we're the only company uh, that work camping position or one of very few that will pay your way. We pay your way to the job, even even your very first project, your very first training location, when you initially come to work for us, we pay your way. We pay um, mobilization while you're moving your RV, either to your first assignment or in between a, you know, subsequent assignments. We pay mileage at 83 cents a mile for hauling. If you have a, another car, if you're a couple and you have two vehicles and someone's driving your other car, we also pay mileage for the for the trailing car and we pay that at 58 cents a mile while you're moving we pay the mobilization mileage as i just talked about we pay 120 dollars a day travel stipend for a pro- for 300 miles a day is kind of what we expect so for every 300 miles you're going to get 120 dollar travel stipend in addition you're also receiving per diem Per diem is for a single person um, who doesn't have a partner traveling with them is $300 a week. Um, if you are a, married, a couple or a partner, you have a partner and you both want to work and you both have vehicles for work, then <clears throat> your per diem is $300 a week a piece as well. If you are a, a couple who, only, who are going to share one vehicle, <clears throat> for instance, my husband and I, when we started, we had a truck and the fifth wheel, and we sh- so we both shared the vehicle. So when you're traveling like that and working for us, the per diem is two fifty a week per person. Okay. Uh, when you are on the job, we start at fifteen dollars an hour, and with a fifty cent raise at sixty days, and then another fifty cents at one hundred and eighty days. In addition to that, of course, you're still receiving your weekly per diem. So it's a very good deal for people. I think it is. Mm-hmm. We've we've had a lot of positive positive feedback on it this year. When couples are working, are they working the same gas line? I mean, are they like walking together over the gas lines? 
it varies a little bit, but in general, yes, um, you might get a map. And on that map, it, it could be a, a, let's say just a, a big neighborhood. And typically couples have, all couples have their own kind of way that they work out, the most efficient way to do it. But most people are gonna drive to kind of a central location and uh, either work the blocks together, one on one side, one on the other, or just kind of meet in the middle, go off and, and walk and do two or three blocks, meet back at the car, move it, do another two or three blocks, um, kind of opposite one another. If it's a long straight line, then most people will piggyback it, um, drop someone at the beginning of the line, and then you drive a mile, mile and a half and park the car and leave the keys, and then you walk your mile. And so when that person you drop catches up to the car, then they catch up, they drive the car up again. So they're just kind of leapfrogging down, mm -hmm. the, down the road. So there's lots of techniques and ways to survey different areas with two people and still be efficient. And we have found that our work campers, our travelers are really amazing at figuring that out. How many work campers do you hire for this? Right now, we have about 60 people, but we uh, have not stopped growing. Southern Cross has grown exponentially the past couple of years, and we don't foresee stopping the hiring for work campers anytime soon. We're shooting for 100 this year. What kind of traits or qualifications do people need? The number one trait that I look for in someone to do this job is integrity. We are doing a very public, it's absolutely public safety, which of course is the most important thing. We protect lives and property and we are all, it's public safety. And the, the second part of that also integrity driven is that we are, the client is trusting us to be, to keep them in compliance with a lot of federal laws and regulations. And we want to do that. We want to give our client a good quality survey. We want to find as many leaks as we can, and that's what we do best. So I look for integrity above all. If you have walked a map and you have walked a neighborhood, we have to know that you are actively surveying in that neighborhood and that all of the documentation you filled out that indicates that you checked these meters and these lines is true. So my the most important thing to me is integrity and then after that just uh you have to have the ability to work independently that's the other really nice thing about this job once your training's done you're on your own we give you maps we have a really robust system of support obviously for people in the field but you we we have faith that you're going to get out there and work your maps in an efficient manner um, and so you do have to have a, an element uh, of self-discipline, self-starting, self-organization. But I find that travelers, again, really excel at that. What kind of training do you provide for people? We provide all the training. The, our training is extensive. It's one week classroom. Your first week is completely virtual with our corporate training department. Then three weeks of field training. So it's about a month of training. A whole month. Okay. A whole month. Yes. What's involved in the recruiting process? The recruiting process is pretty straightforward. You can fill out an application on our website. It's southerncrossinc.com. After you fill out an application, I have a lovely 
lady that works with me and she will reach out to you to set up an interview. Um, and then we just, we do Zoom interviews with people that are remote and talk about, talk back and forth, make sure it's a good fit for everyone concerned. And then after that, we will onboard you, send you an offer letter just to kind of make sure you know that we are serious and we want you to come work for us. If you don't want to start right away, that's fine too. I have several people who will be joining us in June or even August. Again, we just go through the whole process. We send you an offer letter with, um, with a, just a, a date out in the future where you're going to start. When do you typically start recruiting or do you ever end? We haven't ended. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, I did a, I did Quartzsite this year. I was at Quartzsite in January. So that was kind of the kickoff to our big push this year. Uh, but we, I don't foresee us stopping recruiting anytime, anytime soon. What happens if a couple needs some time off? I mean, for example, they have six kids and eight grandkids and they have, <laughs> have a, a wedding or graduation or something like that. They'd really like to get to. Is that possible? It is possible. One of our benefits is that you do accrue PTO, paid time off. You can always use your PTO. If uh, you're, and of course we have lots of seasonals too, again, that only work March or October. They take the winter off or Christmas off and come back. We also have a new policy called a furlough policy that will allow you to take up to uh, 90 or 120 days off. And then when you come back, you're going to retain your tenure and seniority. And it's just a real seamless kind of way. We used to have to actually go through a, a resignation. And then when you came back, we had to actually rehire you, which was a longer, um, we, we used it all the time, but it's much more streamlined now with the new furlough. If you just want a couple of weeks off, the only thing we ask if, when possible, and I know it's not always possible, so we try to work around it, and I think we do a good job of it, but we do ask people to be mindful, and if it's something that can be scheduled after the end of the project, but before the beginning, then kind of, if you're going to take two or three weeks off, that's the best, the best way to do it. Rather Just, than break up a project in the middle. Yes. Okay. Very good. Uh, what can a work camper do to really stand out among other applicants if they wanted this job really badly? I think that people have to have a willingness to do the physical part of this. It's not heavy or hard, but it is outdoors. And even people who sometimes consider themselves outdoorsy or that enjoy yard work, it sometimes comes as a shock that to be actually physically outside for for that many hours a day. So I think that and a willingness to be um, a willingness to be independent out there in the field, you're not going to have typically, you're not going to have coworkers, you know, to chat to or to talk to during the day. So it is uh, does require a degree of independence. Very good. I typically ask what's there to do in that area when you're not working, but your area is the entire United States. So the better question then is you get time off every day, right? Cause you're just working full-time during the day. So yeah. you have evenings mm -hmm. and every weekend off because you rarely work evening, uh, work on the weekends. Yes. Very rarely do we work weekends. We do occasionally have overtime, but it's always voluntary. We what don't are, have, 
What are so. some of the fun things you folks have done in your off time? Oh, what have we done? So we were in, we were near uh, Lafayette, Louisiana for our training and we went, we kayak. And so we took our kayaks down and went out to see these beautiful, those giant, beautiful cypress trees uh, out there. We kayaked all over uh, around that area. So that was really, um, that was our first time there, down there in Louisiana. So we really enjoyed that. We went to Walla Walla, Washington one summer and did the survey there in Walla Walla. Just had the best time there. It's a lovely, lovely little town surrounded by vineyards. And we, we had a ball out there. Got to see a part of the country that we hadn't seen before. Um, we also surveyed down on the Texas Gulf Coast, which gave us, a, again, a lot of kayaking opportunities. So, And we have actually even surveyed in San Antonio, where we are now. Uh, we surveyed here, and this is my home. So we really enjoyed kind of being back home for those few months, too. That's cool. So how much time are you spending on one location, typically? Um. That is a little bit harder to answer. I would say typically two to four months. Some of the great big projects, uh, we have a big, big Western project that starts in March every year and runs through October. The footprint is spread over five states, Montana, North and South Dakota, Minnesota, and Wyoming. Within that footprint, you probably would move two to three times. Um, we do occasionally have a project where we, uh, we have one right now in Buffalo, New York, and it started just a couple weeks ago. It will end sometime in September, and the people there will be uh, pretty much in the same. They won't probably will not have to move their RVs at all if they don't want to. Well, that's neat. So you're typically parking mm-hmm. in one location for extended period of time and then just driving from neighborhood to neighborhood. Yes. Yes, that's exactly how it works. You do use your personal car. And of course, we reimburse that as well at mileage rate. Um, but yeah, we try to minimize. We want everybody, of course, to be on a monthly rate for their rent because that's always the best deal. And so we work really hard to coordinate and make them let people move as often as they want to move, but not have not have people having to hop back and forth every few weeks. And we do a really good job at that, I think. What's one thing you wish all work campers knew before they came to work for Southern Cross? Hmm. I wish they would buy, I would like for them to buy really comfortable, sturdy <laughs> hiking boots. <laughs> <laughs> because you are walking all day and slips, trips, and falls are are definitely one of our hazards. So a really good, comfortable pair of hiking boots is worth its weight in gold. That's great. Uh, Remind us again where people can get more information about this wonderful opportunity. Sure. It's Southern Cross Inc., all one word, dot com. If you go to our website, there is a careers tab and you can click on that and see all of our opportunities. If you scroll down, you should see it. It, it will, it'll say work camper, uh, mobile technician. And even if you aren't sure you want to apply, if you just go ahead and, and fill out a very abbreviated uh, application, we'll still get in touch with you. Um, you, can e- you can email me at chjoiner at southerncrossing.com 
com, and I'll be happy to get back with you as well. That's wonderful. Uh, so thank you very much, Christina. I really appreciate the time. It sounds like a great opportunity, and you're recruiting right now. Is that correct? Right now. Yes, I am. Super. So I hope everybody takes the opportunity to check out the website and apply if that's something they'd like to do. And I really, again, thank you for your time. Thank you. I enjoyed it. I'd like to thank Christina Joyner for describing this opportunity with Southern Cross, which is one of the most lucrative work camping jobs on the market. The company has 60 work campers already, but keeps expanding the services it provides to utility companies, so there is a constant need for additional people. The job is safe in that work campers aren't exposed to dangerous levels of natural gas, nor do they enter private yards where dogs are present. Best of all, because the sniffer equipment can't get wet, work campers do not have to work in the rain or freezing conditions. The most important trait required for the job is integrity. It is essential that work campers be honest in reporting that they have surveyed a specific neighborhood as utility companies trust Southern Cross to help them remain in compliance with federal laws and regulations. The firm wants work campers to detect as many leaks as possible because the firm has a reputation among its clients for being able to do that. Work campers undergo a month of training, which includes one week of virtual training followed by three weeks in the field. There is some flexibility in work assignments so that work campers who need time off for special events are able to do so. Many work campers take the winter off, but there is a furlough policy allowing them to take 90 to 100 days off while still maintaining their tenure and seniority with Southern Cross. For more information about this opportunity and directions for applying for one of the work camping jobs, visit www.southerncrossinc.com forward slash careers. This episode is sponsored by Work Camper News. With its diamond and platinum membership tools, Work Camper News is much more than just a job listing website. When you put the tools of this professional service into action, you'll find out just how easy it can be to turn your work camping dreams into reality. The one-year memberships open the door to a one-stop shop for all things work camping. Being the original resource for work camping, you'll find the largest number of job listings, be able to connect with the community of work campers, Peruse resources compiled by experts who've been enjoying the lifestyle for many years. Most Diamond and Platinum members receive inquiries from their online resumes within a day of being posted. The Work Camper Experiences section has been piling up reviews of employers since 2007. Each archived issue of Work Camper News Magazine lists hundreds of jobs as well. Hotline jobs are emailed right to you for states you're most interested in visiting. If you're serious about leading a successful and enjoyable work camping lifestyle, then a Diamond or Platinum membership is for you. You can even get started with a free 30-day trial by visiting www.workcamper.com forward slash trial. Embark on new adventures today with the support of Work Camper News behind you. That's all I have for this week's show. Next time I'll be speaking with a work camper who develops websites for clients while traveling wherever he wants to go. You'll find out more information on the next episode of The Work Camper Show. Thanks for listening.